if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Philippians chapter number four, verses six through nine. We started last week dealing with the subject, help, I'm stressing. Help, I'm stressing. And I read you some statistics uh, from the uh, Center for uh, Disease Control talked about how, uh, how our people are during this pandemic especially have been stressing out and uh, rates of suicide and thoughts of suicide and, and just stress in general is causing uh, some issues in this country. Uh, and, and I believe that it's critically important for us to realize that we don't have to stress. Let me say it again. And I want y'all to go with me. We do not have to stress out. Let me go to the saddle here. We do not have to stress out. Amen. Glory to God. My EFAM family, we do not have to stress out. As a matter of fact, God tells us that our, our position in him is such that, that we can always have that perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. God will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So if I am stressing, come on, if I am stressing out, then that means that I am not living at the level that God wants me to live at because he tells me in this passage that we're getting ready to, to read that we don't have to do that. So if I don't have to do that, I don't want to do that. Now, it's critically important, guys, because, again, let me share something. I was reading an article someone sent me, uh, and particularly as it relates to, to African-American health issues. Uh, it says this, our race impacts our health outcomes similar to other social, social detriments of health such as housing, education, and work situations. Well, listen to this. It says black Americans report higher overall stress levels compared to our white Americans. And chronic, listen to this, and chronic sustained stress over time can raise the risk for conditions such as heart disease, high blood pressure, and depression. Listen to what it said again. Chronic, listen to me, chronic sustained stress over time can raise the risk for conditions such as heart disease, high blood pressure, and depression. Chronic sustained stress. There are many Christians, whether they're black or white, have chronic sustained stress because we have not learned how to trust our Savior. Look at what the text says here in Philippians chapter number four. And again, guys, we don't have to stress. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It's how we respond to what's going on around us that's going to determine what our inward situation, our emotional health situation is going to be. You don't, I, I don't care if you're going to the, to the uh, if you're in jail on death row, you don't have to stress if you're a born again believer. Can I get a witness? Because ultimately, if I know and if I believe that the Bible is true, then to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If I truly believe that, then it, I won't stress if I truly believe that. Look at what the text says here. Now, this is the Bible. The Apostle Paul is writing, correct? He's writing to the saints at Philippi. 
He's writing to the church. Make no mistake about it. He's telling the church, he's telling born again believers this particular command. This is, it's, this is, this is a directive. It's a, it's a, it's a command that's an understood you. It says, don't worry, or you can put in that stress. Don't stress about anything. Can we read that again? Can we read it again? Out loud, on purpose. Let's go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Next verse. Let's go. Come on, guys. Then you will experience God's peace, which does what? Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 89, let's read. And now, dear brothers, this is one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse number nine. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then, watch this, watch this, then the God of peace will be with you. Now, watch this now. Look, look at this verse one more time. because Here's where I think a lot of believers are messing up. We have a lot of believers who come to church. Come on. We have a lot of believers who, who are connected to small group study. We have a lot of believers who, who understand what the word of God says. We have a lot of believers who, who, who can take a text, unpack it, exegete it, hermeneutically apply it to today's situation, but what they're not doing is actually applying it. Because the text says here, watch this, keep putting into practice, Paul says, all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, keep putting it into practice. Guys, everything that you hear your pastor tells you, as he tells you from the Holy Scriptures, as he outlines it plainly, without, without any confusion, I mean, certain things, you know, there's no gray area there. You're looking at it plainly in Scripture. Keep putting that into practice, what you learned and received from your pastor. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then what will happen? Then. Then is a conditional, that's a conditional phrase. You got to do something first before you get this other part. Can I get a witness? If I tell you, if you come cut my lawn, then I will pay you $150 to cut my lawn. Now, my house, my, my, I sit on just under half an acre and I got a house on a half acre. So if I pay you $150 to cut a half acre, that's pretty good. That's pretty good living. But you won't get the 150 until you first do something. Correct? Then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace is not permeating in a lot of our lives. And a lot of us are stressing out because we're not putting into practice all that we've learned and all that we receive through the teach word. We got a lot of hearers of the word. Come on, guys. But not doers. And in actuality, what we're doing, we're hearing and not doing, and we're actually deceiving our own selves. We're deceiving ourselves into thinking that we're moving with God, we're walking with God, and that, 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 that we have this thing down. But if we don't put it into practice, 
Come on, guys. If we don't put it into practice, we're not going to get to where God wants us to be. Can I get a witness? So, so, so everybody say, help. I'm stressing. Now, guys, watch this. Listen, let's be real carefully. How many times, if we'll, be, if we'll be honest about it, how many times have you experienced stress in your life? I mean, no, not the number of times, but how many of y'all are sitting there can tell me that you've experienced stress before? Come on. How many of you can tell me that you worried before? All right. Now, let's go back to our text, though. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Come on, Philippians chapter number four. Let's go. Back, verse number six again. We got to go back there because if the Bible tells me this, then then I got to I, I, I got to know that 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 it means me. It means me a born again believer. Can I get a witness? Watch this. Watch this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him what? For all he has done. Say it again, come on. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Now, guys, on last week, we began to talk about this and we said that Jesus Christ is our example. Can I get a witness? He's our example. Jesus Christ is the one whom we need to follow. He's our example. Jesus was constantly under pressure, guys. He, there, there was grueling demands on his time. He, he rarely had any personal privacy. He was constantly interrupted. How many of y'all ever felt like that before, that, that you don't have any time to yourself? How many of y'all ever felt like that before where... You, you, you're thinking, man, gosh, I just, I just need a, a, a break. A, a, just stop coming at me with stuff. I, I don't want to solve any problems today. Anybody ever been there before? I, I, listen, listen, just let me go through a day without a phone call, without an issue coming up. I just want to relax. Anybody been there before? Come on, talk to me, y'all. Come on. I mean, even when it comes to dealing with fellow believers, and we know our responsibility is to help sharpen each other, to help each other get to where we need to be. But there are some times when you just want to say, listen, I just need to chill. Jesus did not get the opportunity to do that because he was constantly in demand. People were constantly approaching him. People repeatedly misunderstood him and criticized him and ridiculed him. And, and, and let me tell you something, guys. When, when you do God's will in the church, there will be people who won't understand you because they, they, they're not doing God's will and they won't understand when you are standing on God's word and they'll come at you, they'll talk about you, they'll do everything uh, uh, except help you. They, just, they used to sing that song that, uh, to my, uh, I don't bother nobody. I try to treat everybody the same. But every time I do what? Turn my back, what happens? They scandalize my name. I got news for you today. They, don't let, they won't wait till you turn your back to scandalize your name today. They'll scandalize you on Facebook, huh? Twitter, whatever. See, all these things are happening, guys, but we got to realize that God says, even in the midst of all of this, you don't have to stress. He says, don't worry. Amen. The peace of God, when we keep putting stuff in the, in the action, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it's going to keep our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So, so what enables Jesus? We talked about it last week. What enables Jesus, amen, not to stress out under this severe pressure? Because some of y'all, some of y'all think, well, he was, he was fully God, but yet again, guys, he was fully man. See, he was God manifesting the flesh, so Jesus operated as a human being, yet at the same time being God. I know we can't quite understand it, but that's the way God is. God is beyond our total comprehension. So 
So he still felt the same things that we felt. Do you not realize the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every point just like you and I are? When it says every point, that means every point. Now, now think about it for a second. All right, think about your life over the last six months. Have you had some temptation over the last six months? Have you had some temptation over the last six months? Come on. I, this is a participatory sermon. Come on. All of us have. Because, guys, I'm here to tell you, in your flesh or with, the, with Satan coming to attack you, you will face temptation. But in the midst of that, the Bible says Jesus did not yield to the temptation because it's the yielding that's sin. Can I get a witness? So he's our example, guys. He was, he was fully human, so he, he, he has empathy for us. The Bible even says this way. We, we have a, 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 a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That means that he knows exactly what we're going through because he went through everything that we're going through. Yet and still, he calmed. He, he, was, he was calm. He was, he was not stressed. He, he had a situation to where he was walking in peace. And what he tells us and what Paul tells us in this text is that you and I don't have to worry. So if I find myself worried, I, and listen, guys, all of us, if we're honest about it, at certain points in time, we've experienced that worry of thought coming to our mind. And if we're not careful, it'll get down in our heart. And when it's down in our heart, it'll come bubbling out of our mouth. Because out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? Speak. When you start hearing people speak against what God's word has promised, that means they have not allowed the word of God to get in their heart. They've allowed the situation to get in their heart. And God is telling us today that we do not have to stress out because he's got our back. Everybody say, God's got me. So, so first thing we said that, number one, Jesus is our example. We said, number one, uh, eight principles that, that, that lead to a stress Free life. Number one, identification. Know who you are. Jesus knew who he was. As a matter of fact, his father, his heavenly father, when he was baptized in the Jordan River, confirmed that Jesus was his son. He says, this is my beloved son and who I'm what? Well, please. He's identifying that Jesus Christ is his son and he's on assignment from him and he's pleased with what his son is doing in the earth realm. Jesus knew who he was. And guys, I'm going to say something right there because I say this all the time. We learn this in our, in our authentic manhood study. It's critically important for every child to have their father to affirm them. Let me say it again. Mothers, thank God for mothers. And we, I know we've had single mothers, mothers who raised children. You did a, a yeoman's job. But there is nothing like having a daddy, a father who will affirm you. Can I get a witness? That's what Jesus Christ did. And I know people say all the time, well, you know, I know my daddy loved me because he, he worked and he, he provided for the family. He never said it, but I knew he did. But let, let me, let me, let me, okay, I can give you that. But listen, it is critically important for your children, father, to hear you say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I affirm you in what your life course and direction is. And I am proud of you. They need to hear daddy say that. Do you not realize that, that, that when, and y'all know the statistics, I don't have to regurgitate those to y'all. You know, uh, overwhelming percentage of those who are in prison are, are, are young men who don't have a father in their life. Now, even if you're not with the mother, you still can be the father. Can I get a witness? And it's critically important if you are a born again believer, if you are a man of God, that you connect with your children. Everybody say connect, daddies. Say it again, say connect, daddies. It is critically important 
And I told y'all before, yo, get yourself together. Come on, stop all this. I don't want you going over there. I don't want you spending time with them children because you may try to get back with the other woman. Now listen, 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 listen. You need to make sure that you are secure in who you are. Why are you married a man and you ain't secure in who he is? You shouldn't have married you couldn't trust him. Can I get two witnesses? If you couldn't trust him, you shouldn't have married him. All right, now, all right. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, y'all, y'all say, but Pastor, move on, move on, move on. I, I'm, I'm saying this because, guys, it's critically important. This is the kind of stuff that's going on in the church, not outside the church. And learn to develop that trust. And, and fathers, give, give, that, give that spouse something to trust, too. Hello, you got to give them something to trust so you can't be gallivanting around and expect trust to be developed. Can I get a witness? So, so, so identify, identification, know who you are. Second thing we talked about, and I, we, we hit these on last week, so go back and get a ticket. I don't have time to go over. Dedication, know whom you're trying to please. Jesus knew who he was trying to please. You can't please everybody. And a lot of us are stressing out because we're trying to please everybody. No good leader can be a good leader when he tries to get everybody's opinion or everybody's approval before he makes a move. Because I'm here to tell you right now, show us I'm black and show us you sitting there. After 31 years of pastor, everything that I do as a pastor won't be agreed upon by everybody in the congregation. Would y'all agree? Some folks didn't think we need to build this building. Some people don't think we need to be on radio ministry. Why are you spending that money on radio? Because we want to get the word out beyond the four walls of this church. Why are, you, why are you sending all that money to Haiti to support a church in Haiti? What about over here? We're doing that because we got a relationship in Haiti. And we're trying to, to take the gospel be, beyond the four walls of this church. We're trying to take the word of God to the four, the four, the four corners of this globe, guys. So, so you may not agree with everything, but just check it out. If, does it line up with scripture? That's all I want to know. If it lines up with scripture, and if it's not, not outside the, gil, the will of God, just kind of flow with it as you will. Can I get a witness? Because God is trying to do some things through this ministry. So we talked about uh, uh, know who you're trying to. uh, First thing we said was what? Uh, Identification. Uh, Know who you are. Dedication. Know whom you're trying to please. Guys, we're trying to please our Lord and Savior Christ. The third thing we talked about last week, and this is where we left off. We talked about organization, right? Know know what you're trying to accomplish. Go to John, the eighth chapter, verse number 14. Know what you're trying to accomplish. Guys, unless you plan your life and set priorities, you're going to be pressured by other people to do what they think is important. And see, as a ministry, guys, there'll be, there'll be people who will tell you and us what they think we ought to be doing, but we got to go with what God has given us to do. I mean, I, I thank God. I, I love, I mean, here's the beauty of the body of Christ. There are different gifts in the body. There are different ministries that have a, a, I'm going to say, an anointing to do certain things. And, and if they are anointed and they have a passion for doing a certain thing, it may not be what we're doing, but we can support them in what they're doing. Can I get a witness? You know, if we, we may not have the facilities and, 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 and to, to do a, 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 a food bank or a clothing bank, but we can support a ministry that does. Can I get a witness? Because the way I figured, we're all on the same team, y'all. We're all striving, amen, to reach men with the go- men and women with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to help transform lives. That's what it's all about. So, so, so again, uh, 
third thing, always know what you're trying to accomplish. John the 18th chapter, John chapter 8, verse number 14. Let's go. He says, well, Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. Read it one more time, guys. It says, well, Jesus told them what? These claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. Guys, let me tell you something. You got to know what God has called you to do. And you got to be confident in ensuring what he's called you to do. Every day you either live by your priorities or you live by pressures. Priority or pressure? Everybody say priority or pressure. And there's all kind of pressure that's coming against you to try to get you to move off of your priorities. But guys, let me tell you something. God wants you to follow his will. Amen. When we prepare, guys, when we put ourselves in a position to prepare, it prevents pressure. Uh, but procrastination, I told you on last week, produces pressure. When we procrastinate, when we don't study for that test, and now it's, it's the morning of the test and we're feeling pressured, we've, we're feeling stressed out because we didn't properly prepare. Every time we properly prepare, then we, we feel less pressure going into a situation. Good organization and good preparation reduces stress because you know who you are, whom you're trying to please, and what you want to accomplish. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of our churches, particularly predominantly African-American churches, don't necessarily suffer for passion for God. I think we love God in a lot of ways. But I think sometimes we suffer because we haven't learned how to prepare in the way administratively to how we run our ministries. Come on, y'all. And, 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 and sometimes we will, we will, sometimes God will throw something together and, 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 and it's, it's one of those bless your heart moments. Y'all know what that means? It wasn't organized. It, it, it was thrown together. It was haphazard. But we say, but bless your heart. They, they got a good heart. They were just trying to please the Lord. Let me tell you something. God wants us to give us his very best, our very best. And sometimes, guys, we fail to accomplish what God has set our hands to accomplish because, you know, we, we get confused about what we're trying to accomplish. <laughs> this ain't about ministry. It's not about just coming here having a good time. It's about coming to learn what the Savior wants us to do. It's about getting ourselves positioned where we can be disciples. We're talking about the study we're doing, kingdom disciples, is so that we can understand what it means to be a disciple because Jesus told us to do what? Go and do what? Make disciples. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. Disciple making, as I told you, requires input. It, it requires time. It requires dedication. How, how are y'all doing in your lessons, by the way? Are y'all doing it? Okay. Now, see, listen, I, I, I know it's a little bit tough for some of y'all because maybe you haven't been used to a daily read, a daily study time. But that's what the lesson is designed to give you a da- daily study time. And, and the question is, are you willing to commit to making sure that you stay up and stay engaged? See, a lot of Christians aren't willing to commit to stay engaged and to daily get before the Lord, but we need the Lord daily in our lives. Can I get to half a witness out of it? So, so, so organization, the third thing, the fourth thing I want you to go, concentration. Focus on one thing at a time, concentration. Go to Luke, the fourth chapter, right quick. Because Jesus is our example, guys. Focus on one thing at a time. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to God. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna begin our reading here. And I, I need y'all to go with me on this because this is critically important. Focus on one thing at a time. How many of y'all are guilty of, quote, trying to multitask or to do several things at one time? Anybody been there? 
How many of y'all are guilty of, of trying to, to, to listen, read your Bible, listen to your wife talk about what she's going to talk about, watch the football game, and then tell your child to shut up and be, sit down and be quiet. You got all these things going on at one time and you expect to be able to focus in on what God is saying to you. Too many times in the church we have people who, who, are, who are spread in too many different directions. Now watch this, watch this. If, 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 if you're going to be excellent in what you're doing in ministry, you got to figure out what, what's, my, what's my gifting? What's, what's my top? What, you know, all of us have at least one spiritual gift, and usually we got a multiplicity of spiritual gifts. Find out what your gifting is and flow in that area first because that's where, that's where you're going to be the best serve. I tell you before, I know without a shadow of a doubt that, that, that when it comes to creative communication through the avenue of song and singing, that's not my gift. It ain't my gift. It probably ain't most of us. It ain't our gift either. Because how many of y'all have ever been invited to sing a solo at a funeral, at a music? Anybody in here? Let me see your hand. Dick and Charles, have you, have you ever been invited to do a solo? Now, you probably won't, Dick and Charles. I'm telling you, I've heard you sing, Dick Charles, but no, no, no. You're my uncle, but they ain't going to invite you to sing a solo. They wouldn't invite me to sing one, but now he'll sing a hymn. Come on, he can sing a hymn. I've heard him do the hymn. But I, I recognize that ain't my gifting. So why am I going to get mad because I don't get to lead a song? Huh? Some folks leading songs, if you're really honest about it, I know that, bless their heart. Bless their heart. But they shouldn't be leading the song. Just do your background. Hit your note. You're good at hitting your note, but you ain't good at leading. No sweat off your back. Come on now. Y'all know y'all don't done this before. Help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus. No, they ain't their gifting. God, God's going to say, okay, I'm going to help him, but you just go and talk to him and say, hey, listen, you know what? I observed that you do an awesome job when it comes to serving, when it comes to the, the, the clothing giveaway, when it comes to helping out with the food bank, when it helps the, when the common ground. Man, you're awesome. The people just gravitate towards you. You do a great job in the ministry of hospitality and helps. Why don't we get you over there and focus you in that area where you gifted in so you can thrive? Rather, you're trying to lead the song. Come on now. You lead the song and then people walk out the door because you, you, oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. Y'all know some people can't sing. But their heart may be in the right place, but that's not their best gifting. Get in the place where you what? Best served. And you're going to be more beneficial to the body of Christ because you're flowing in the area where the Holy Spirit has gifted you. Watch it, watch it. Look at the fourth chapter. Y'all, are y'all with me? Glory to God. Let's get that. Everybody say help. I'm stressing a little bit. Text says that early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Now, now guys, let me say this right quick and, and, and hear me carefully. There was a lot of demand made on Jesus' time and there were a lot of people who were trying to plan Jesus' schedule, to detour him from his scheduled plan here on the earth. They tried to distract him from his goal in life, but Jesus would not allow people to take him away. He says, I must be about my father's business. The text says here, the crowds search everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave. 
Man, I'm telling you, if I was walking the earth when Jesus was here on earth, I tell you what, I'd be begging him not to leave me either. Because there's nothing like sitting in the presence of the Savior. There's nothing like being in front of Jesus Christ and gleaning from him. You remember Mary and Martha? Come on. The, the one sister was, was sitting at the feet of Jesus and the other one was, was cooking and cleaning. She asked the minister, help to hospitality. But Jesus told us, don't neglect. The, the, this, this is a good thing that she's doing. Leave her alone because she's in my presence. See, we, we, we need people who are working and, and helping out, but we also need to can't forget about being in the presence of God. And, 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 and those sisters, uh, one of those sisters really understood what is, how important it is to be in the presence of Jesus. So the text says the crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. Look at the next verse. Let's read. It says what? So, but he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns, too, because that is why I was sent. I can't stay in this one spot because I got to move around and share the good news. Amen. With those who need to hear it, guys. Listen, there are going to be people in your life that try to distract you. Let me tell you something. When you find that somebody's in your life who's pulling you away from the things that God has assigned for you to do, you got to make a, a you got to take inventory and see how important it is to have that person in your life. Because some folks are not good for us in, 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 in obeying the will of God. Some people, when we get with them, they, they distract us and pull us away. We got to make sure that we stay focused on what God has for us. Jesus did not let interruptions prevent him from concentrating on his goal. He did not let others make him tense or stressed or irritated, guys. He didn't do it. He, he, he stayed focused on what God had called him to do. So concentration is really important. Now listen, I, I want to park here for a second because can I talk to y'all like I'm your pastor? Can I talk to you like, like, like a big brother? I'm going to tell y'all something. There are a lot of distractive tools that are out there now that will take you away from God. Do you not realize that a lot of folks spend more time on Facebook than they do in their word? And from what I've been told, Facebook is not for the older folks. The young folks have fl- flown, they've flown away from Facebook because all the old folks got there now. That's what they tell me now. All right, they, they, they're doing Snapchat and uh, all these other, what, what's these other things? TikTok. And y'all, y'all don't know what TikTok is? If you don't know what it is, then just, well, that, that's, that's okay too. But your young folks are doing TikTok. They're doing uh, Instagram more so than Facebook. But guys, social media, I told y'all before, we're, we're streaming prayerfully. <laughs> if the internet is doing okay, we're streaming over social media right now. So social media in and of itself is not a bad thing, but it's how you use the tool that's available to you. Can I get a witness? If there is a tool that allows us to get the word of God out, if there's a tool that allows us to reach people who can't come into the sanctuary right now, let's use that tool for the glory of God. But don't allow the tool to become your God. And see, when you spend more time reading about other people in news and all, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong because I, I, I look at a lot of different things too. But what, I, what I'm saying is when that becomes a time killer, when that becomes uh, your excuse for, oh, you don't say it's your excuse, but it's your excuse for not getting the word of God because you spend so much time on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter that when it's time to come and get in the word, you're falling asleep in your Bible. Hello? What's the first thing that most people do when they get up in the morning? First thing. You said, I said, use the restroom. I like that. Yeah. 
And, and after you use the restroom, what do you do? Check your phone. Huh? Checking that phone, right? To see if you got what? A text message. See if there's email out there. You're getting ready for the work. I'm not saying these things are wrong, guys, but what I'm, what I'm telling you is, is that you got to make sure that your priority is right. And I'm talking to me too. Can I get a witness? Because, you know, I, I, I'm a voracious reader. And, and, and I, 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 I keep up with news. I try to keep up with what's going on historically because I think we ought to walk circumspectfully as wise men. Know what's happening around you. The sons of Issachar, the Bible said, were able to discern the times. And many of us don't know what's happening because we're not discerning what's happening in society. And we got to be able to take what God's word says and apply it to what's happening in society today. And guys, when we don't understand that, then we can get distracted by these things. So, so when we look at, we gotta, we gotta focus on one thing at a time. Jesus did not let interruptions, and sometimes we let social media, we let our phones, we let our tablets, we let TV. Hello? TV in and of itself is not evil. Come on. You remember, most of y'all historically don't remember this, but when TV first came out as a medium that was broadly produced, people in the church say it's the devil's box. They called it, it was, it was, especially in some of your, your mainline Pentecostal church, it was sin to have a TV in your home. And those that had it, hid it from the rest of the church. But what, what they didn't understand is that that was a tool that was invented. God gave man the creativity to, to, to invent that. And why not use the TV to do ministry across TV? Why not use the Internet to get the gospel spread beyond the four walls of your church and reach people who by by way of distance or because of illness can't get to you, but you can go to them. See, because because somebody uses something for evil don't mean that it can't be used for good. How many of y'all know people do evil stuff for money? But you still use money, don't you? Come on. How many of y'all need some more money? Talk to me. Ah, come on now. How many of y'all can use some more money? Ah, no, 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 no. Y'all don't look me like that. How many of y'all can use some more money? I can. See, money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And so, so God utilized, God blesses us with resources so we can build blessing to others. So money and desire to, to accumulate so that you can be, so you can be a distributor is not something that's evil. Even though people do evil things for money, do evil things with money. It don't mean that we have to do that. So guys, we got to, we got to focus on one thing at a time. What, what's our goal? What's our agenda? The, the, the next thing, delegation. Go to Mark, the third chapter, verse number 13. Mark chapter three, verse number 13. Don't do it all yourself. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It's going it's to hit a lot of us in here. It's going to hit me too. Because I had to learn that this ministry itself would not go, uh, will, not, will only be able to go so far if it's, if it's just focused on me trying to do everything. Hello. All of us are part of this team, this discipleship team, this team that is that's trying to reach people with the gospel message. And we got to make sure, guys, that 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 we don't try to do it all about all by ourselves. How many of you know you can wear yourself out in ministry? You can get burnt out in ministry. Come on, let's talk. Can we, can we talk? We'll be honest. If you're not careful, you can get burnt out in ministry. Now, I'm going to say something about me because I, I, I got to. You know, I have to watch me because uh, I kind of picked up some of my dad's habit of being a workaholic. You know what a workaholic is? Work all the time. My wife told me that night, I said, you got to learn how to turn it off. You got to turn ministry off sometimes. 
That's blasphemy, people. No, it's not. No, it's not. You got, even, I, I like the way Dr. Ari Vern, we went to a conference several years ago at Dr. Ari Vern up in Cleveland, and he said this, he said, he made a statement that was, it was kind of, it was, it was a pointed statement, but it really resonated. He said, so Jesus needs to rest, but you don't. Do you, go back through the Holy Scriptures and in the gospel and see how many times it says Jesus pulled away. Focus. Pulled away to, went to the mountaintop, went out to the desert place in isolation, time for prayer, time to regenerate, to recharge his battery. Because he was fully God, yet he was fully man. And as a man, he did get tired. Everybody here at some point in time will get tired. And so we got to learn how to balance life. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. Because again, there's a tendency to, 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 to just get dialed in. And when you want to do what's right, when you want when you want to see what God has assigned you to do to be successful, then you pour your energy into that thing. Right? But we got to make sure we balance. Look at what the text says. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And the text says what? They came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach. Text says this, giving them authority to cast out demons. Next verse, come on, let's read. These are the 12 he chose, Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them the sons of thunder. Text says, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot. Text says Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. The, the verse, verse 20 says, one time Jesus entered the house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. Listen, guys, Jesus was healing. Jesus was bringing deliverance. And when you're healing and you're bringing deliverance, you're going to be popular to the folks who need healing and deliverance. The text says uh, the, the crowds began to gather again. So, so back up, back up to that verse one more time. It says, one time Jesus entered the house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. Verse 21 says what? When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. Look at what Jesus' family said. He's out of his mind. Have any of y'all ever been accused by your family members of being out of your mind because you're running hard for the gospel's sake? Have any of your family members ever criticize you because you spend too much time at that church? Hello. Now, guys, listen to me. We ought to balance in life and we ought to give our very best. But we see here where Jesus' family members were coming to him trying to say, okay, he's, he's out of his mind. They, they literally said he's crazy. He's lost it. But Jesus was doing the work that the master had sent him to do. He was about his father's business. And sometimes we're not going to be understood when we're doing what God told us to do, especially by those who are not connected with God. I'm not talking about somebody who's, who's a, who, who, who's a, who may be a member of a church, who may be born again, but they're not connecting with God. They're still spiritual babies. See, when you're a spiritual baby, you're not going to understand what it means to, to give your all to Christ Jesus. Amen. So we got to make sure that we are, are focused in and, and, and we Delegate Jesus in this text assigns, amen, roles to these disciples. He's going to bring up on his wing. He's going to train them and develop them because he knew that one day he was going to leave. And when he left this earth, he knew that someone had to carry on the ministry. He knew he was not going to do it all by himself. 
And the thing about it, guys, is God, through his son, Jesus Christ, chose men to help him do the work. And we need others to help us do the work. We are not an island by ourselves. We got to make sure that we are uh, 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 delegating. Amen. Uh, many times, guys, listen to me carefully. Many times we get uptight and tense because we think everything depends on us. That's why some of us are stressing because we think everything depends on us. Listen to this. Why do we try to do it all ourselves? Number one is perfectionism. We think it won't be done right unless I do it. I got, I got, I got tickled a little bit. Uh, the other day, uh, Mararia was uh, cooking a peach cobbler with, with peaches from the orchard. You know, not the kind you buy at the store, but she, she, she was cooking a peach cobbler. And you know, Mama Kirk is there. Mama Kirk is known for her peach cobbler. And they were sitting in the kitchen and, and and Marera was trying to do it a certain way. She, she, she had a little recipe thing going. But Mama Kirk was telling her, don't, she, don't put too much dough in this. It's going to be doughy, whatever doughy is. So, 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 so Mama Kirk was telling her, don't do that. You put that in there this way, uh, it's gonna, not going to turn out right. But Marera went on and said, you know, I think I got this, Mama. Let's let me handle it. Okay, I got it. And so she went on and did it. And when, she, when the peach cobbler came out, guess what, guy? It was not doughy. It was good. And it, but Mama Kirk had a mind made up that it had to be done this way because that's the way I've always done it. Come on now. You know, some of us have health issues as Af- African-Americans because we cook a certain way all our life and we ain't going to cook them green without putting that piece of fat in there. Come on and talk to me. It may be running our high blood pressure up, and it, but, but we're going we're gonna to put that in there because it, it just don't taste right. Well, there's another way, Katie, to learn how to cook that's more healthy for us. Can, can I get a witness? They could probably taste good, but we don't want to do something different because our way is the best way in a lot of times, we think. Can I get a witness? Now, watch it, watch it. So, so perfection, we, we think it won't be done right. I got to do it myself. See, in ministry, you'll wear yourself out if you try to do everything. One of, one, one of the things that, that, that I thank God for is, 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 is a team of people who work in this ministry. Since we've been having to, to, to live stream, we had, that, that's been a team that's been working diligently every week to make sure that the message gets out beyond uh, the four walls of the church because everybody can't come in. And, and some people don't need to come in because of health issues. But we're doing everything is from t- checking temps to wearing masks and all that to make sure it's safe for everybody that comes in. But then there are others who can't make it. So it, we have to have a team of people. Now, I can't preach and run the camera, too. Come on, I can't preach and record the message. So I thank God for the team of people who come together and work. And it's not about me. It's not about them. It's about Jesus, him being lifted up and magnified so that he can get the glory. Not, not, not Doyle Adams, not EBC, but we want Jesus to be magnified. Can I get a witness? So some, some people don't do it because of perfection. And, and the second reason, here's a big one, guys. You got to watch this. Insecurity. Some people don't delegate because of their own insecurity. We think, what if I turn this job over to someone else and they do it better than me? Think about this for a second. This happens at work. This happens in church. People don't want to turn it loose because if I turn it loose and they do it better than me, then, then maybe people are going to think it's my time. Sometime it is your time to move on. Let me say something to you guys. Listen, I've been pastoring for 31 years. And, and I thank God for the 31 years of pastoralship here. Can I get a witness? But, but 30, in, in 31 years, I shouldn't still be pastoring here. 
Because in 31 years, I'm going to be 88. <laughs> 88. Okay. Now, now listen. The Lord, the Lord can do anything, but, but I, I believe if you, if you notice, even when it came to Moses, and I know Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, but there was a time for transition. Can I get a witness? And what happens to a lot of ministries, and I, can we be honest? What happens to a lot of ministries, a lot of ministries will keep on doing things the way they've always done it. And then, and then when, when you keep on doing things the way you've always done it and you can't reach this new generation, pretty soon what will happen is you'll find yourself dying out because you're not reaching the new generation that's come up behind you. You're, you're okay with doing things the way you've always done it and you won't release it because of your insecurity. Then all of a sudden you, you find yourself, you know, uh, being over here, yeah, you're doing the way you want to do it. You're comfortable, but but ain't nobody coming. And all of a sudden, I told somebody the other day. I said, you know, one time we were known as a church. Uh, the, the our demographic model was young married couples between the ages of 30 and 45. That's a, that's, how, that's, that's a sweet spot, man. That's any church demographer would tell you that's a sweet spot when you got young married couples with children between the ages of 30 and 45. Man, you got an opportunity to grow, and the church has grown. But guess what? The young married couples between the ages of 30 and 45 are now older married couples between the ages of 45 and 60. Hello. And now if, if we don't learn how to reach that other generation that's coming behind us, we'll find us ourselves being the older married couples and some widow couples who are 70 to 88. And there's nobody coming behind us. I, I, I'm going to share this with you guys. And, and listen to me real carefully. When, when our young people came to me uh, about uh, on Wednesday nights, we've always done Wednesday night where everybody was in here together. And they came to me and said, Pastor, we, we want to uh, have an opportunity for our young people to be able to reach them on their level uh, with their own song praise service, uh, with their own discipleship groups, with their own word, and, and, and do some things that, that, that's relatable to the young people so we can get them here on Wednesday night. I'm going to tell y'all something. When they first brought that to me, Elijah, I was like, I don't know about that. We ain't ever done that before. One of the worst reasons why not to do something is because we ain't ever done that before. Because you need to be prayerful and, and, and seek out God's way of doing things because the message of the gospel, KD, will not change. It's Jesus Christ crucified and buried on, on, on God and God's hill and resurrected. It's through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ that we all get saved. But guys, the message don't change, but we better change the method. Because if we don't change the method, we're not going to reach the generation out there right now who's not tied to our old methods. Can I talk to you today? The, 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 they don't care about some of the stuff that we cared about 40, 50 years ago from a method standpoint. So when they told me that, I, I, was, I was a little hesitant, but then I said, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to let them stay in here till we get through with the song praise, then we're releasing them to go. That was halfway. That was half. That, that was doing it halfway. And then after a while, they said, well, we really want to be able to have our own song praise. We really want to have it. And, you know, and, and, and our younger generation is still the word is just presented different. When I go and speak to an FCA group, I don't speak to them the way the same way I speak to a, a Sunday morning church service because I'm speaking to 14 to 18 year olds. And I got to relate differently to them than I would to a group of seniors. The message is the same, but the method got to be different. If we're going to reach him. Now, you can sit there all you want to and just die out. Because there are churches that are doing it all, all across America. 
Churches are closing the doors because folk ain't just coming to church because mama went to church anymore. Come on now. They're not coming to church because grandma went to church anymore. I mean, you, you got to go and try to reach them with the gospel and disciple them and train them and up in the things of God because if you don't, they, they, they're not coming. They're, they're very skeptical. They, they want to see something. Can I get a witness? And so, so finally, what, what has happened now is we, we released, uh, we, they, they, when, we, when we get back to the meeting, they'll, they'll, they'll keep doing what they were doing. They'll have their own deal over there. They have, we, we, we just assigned a new youth pastor, Brother Craig Pollard, is leading that effort for us. And so now they, the, the Real for Christ youth ministry is doing their thing at their level in the way that they want to do it, amen, to reach the youth. The message has not changed. It's still Jesus, him crucified and buried and resurrected that gets us saved. But how are we going to reach them and how are we going to disciple them? They're going to be a little bit different. But I have to release that, guys. But some people don't release because of insecurity. We think that if I turn this job over to someone else, then they're going to do it better than me. So I better hold on to it. I ain't going to tell you everything I know. You got to keep a little secret. That, you know, you got to tell no, no, no. Listen, whatever I know, you're going to know. If any minister preaches, I want them to preach better than me. Not that we're comparing each other, but I, 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 I want us to be able to get the word out and, and it's about reaching people. So sometimes people don't want to show you stuff because they're insecure. They want to hold on to it and do it all themselves. In order to be effective, we must get other people involved because we cannot genuinely focus on more than one thing at a time and do it effectively. I can't watch the game and listen to my wife at the same time. I tried it before y'all. I got in trouble. Any of your husbands ever got in trouble trying to watch the game and listen to your wife at the same time? Come on. I, I need some hands raised. I, I know I ain't the only one. Uh, maybe you were watching something else and you were, you were, you were halfway paying attention. What did I just say? Oh, oh, oh. You catch half of it, don't you? Come on. Because it's hard to concentrate on one thing. I mean, more than one thing at one time. So, so guys, we, we got we to make sure we don't try to do ministry all by yourself. Release some of those things. Train other people to do what you're doing. So that the gospel can spread. If it's only just me and Tista Marrera and KD, we're going to be limited in how far we can go. Can I get a witness? Question. Do you think Jesus, watch this. Do you think Jesus, in, in his passage we just saw, he just named these 12 disciples. One of them betrayed him, obviously. Do you think Jesus would have done a better job than his disciples in reaching people and ministering to them? What do you think? Obviously, yes, he was he was he was sinless. He was he was he, he walked in sinless perfection. Jesus could have done a much better job than those 12 disciples. Remember, there were many times he came to those 12 disciples and said, guys, oh, yeah, a little faith. You could even cast this demon out this boy. Obviously, Jesus could have done a better job than all the disciples. But guess what, guys? He let them do the work, even though he would have done it better. We need to let other people make some mistakes so they can learn the way the disciples did. Yes, of course, Jesus, I would have, you know, if Jesus, listen, when Jesus come and, 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 and messes you, man, come on, how, how do you refuse him? Amen? Uh, but his disciple, he could have done a better job. His disciple, he, he, he assigned them and he began to train them. So we got to do the very same thing, guys. If we're going to grow as a ministry, we got to make sure that we delegate and don't try to do it all ourselves. Number six, meditation. Make a habit of personal prayer. Go to Mark, the first chapter, verse number 35. Jesus is our example. Come on, we got to get through here. Meditation. Everybody say meditation. If Jesus made time for prayer when he was busy, how much more do you and I need prayer? See, prayer is a, prayer is a huge stress reliever. Some of us aren't praying enough. That's why we're stressing out. 
text says before daylight, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. He got by himself. Get by yourself without interruption from husband, wife, and children, from the radio, from the TV, and spend some time in prayer. Prayer is a huge stress reliever. Listen to me carefully. Carrying your worries, your stress, and your daily struggles by yourself show that you have not trusted God fully with your life. Meditation. Everybody say meditation. We got to learn meditation. Seventh thing, recreation. Take time off to enjoy life. Mark 6, chapter verse number 31. Take time off to enjoy life. Look at what the text says in Mark 6, verse number 31. Glory to God. Mark 6, verse number 31. Guys, we got to do, we got to get this thing right. Ministry is critically important. God chose to use men to get other men saved. He chose the church, the institution of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to impact this world. And we got to make sure that we're doing it the right way. Then Jesus said, lo, Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and do what? And do what? And do what? And rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. He said, we got to go off and rest a little while. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There are many preachers, many pastors who are killing their families and killing themselves because they won't take time off to rest. I'm talking to Doyle Adams, too. Okay, All right. We got to take time off to recharge our batteries. Jesus did it. So Jesus needed rest, but you don't. Come on, talk to me now. Jesus needed rest, but you don't. He says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Because people were coming at them. They were make, putting, making demands on their time. Amen. One reason Jesus could handle stress is that he knew when to relax. Rest and recreation in life are not optional. In fact, rest was so important that God included it in his Ten Commandments. That's what the Sabbath rest is all about. The Sabbath day was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was, uh, was for mankind because God knows that our physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being demand periodic breaks. One reason why Jesus could handle stress is that he knew when to relax. He frequently went to either the mountains or the desert just to unwind. Look at the neighbor and neighbor. Take a break every now and then. Now, now listen, this don't mean that you ought to be on vacation every month. Some folks miss church. They don't, they don't need no break because they they're not here but once a month when we were attending. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? But we, we got we to gotta take time off. Now, last, last thing, last thing. Uh, transformation. Give your stress to Christ. Go to Matthew 11, chapter 28 through 30. Give your stress to Christ. And here's the key thing. We got to give it to Christ. We got to quit holding on to stuff. Matthew 11, chapter verse number 20 says, watch this. Then Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Let's go to the KJV on this. I like this. Go to the KJV on this if you would, Jay. Let's read it out loud and on purpose together. Y'all know it, guys. Everybody say, Help! So say, help, I'm stressing. Glory to God. Watch this, watch this, guys. I need y'all to see this. Matthew 11, I'm like, I'll get there right now. Glory to God. He says, come, read with me, he says what? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Watch what it says, next verse, come on. Take my yoke upon you and do what? 
and learn of me. Here's the problem that most Christians have. I don't doubt that they're born again. I don't doubt that they made a confession of faith. But we have many sitting in our bodies today who have not learned of Christ. And to learn of him means I'm going to learn one. I'm going to become a disciple who, who is doing the things that I learned. He says, take my yoke upon me and learn of me for I am meek and lowly heart. And you shall what? Find rest unto your souls. Next verse, watch this, watch this. For my, come on, my yoke is what? Easy and my burden is light. Well, if his yoke is easy and his burden is light, why are we stressing? Why are we worrying? It's because we hadn't learned of him. It's because we haven't trusted him to the point where we cast all of our cares upon him because he, we know he cares for us. Jesus is our model. We got to stop stressing out. Stress is killing people. I mean, literally killing people, medically proven to, 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 to kill you. Heart disease, high blood pressure and all those type of things. But we don't have to stress. Because Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I ain't going to stress. Yeah, I said it like that. I ain't going to stress. I know it's not grammatically correct. Let me get grammatical. I, mean, I, need, I got some educated folks. I am not going to stress because Jesus is my Savior. He is my Lord. And every burden that I have, every problematic situation that comes my way, I'm going to cast it over on him. For he careth for me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Glory to God. Father, we thank you right now.